0: what's up everybody welcome back to the fit father podcast this is episode eight and the end of our conversation with glenn owen we have a really great conversation coming up for you guys glenn gets really emotional really deep and we leave you guys with some really amazing tidbits that you can take away and have for the rest of your life i hope you enjoy the episode don't forget to subscribe rate and review all of these conversations that i've had with glenn i hope you enjoy it and have a great one like that's like coaches need coaches i think you and i have had this conversation in the past coaches need coaches it's like just because like you could be the greatest person on the planet and know everything but like you had somebody help you like Mm -hmm. bill gates didn't become bill gates by himself he had mentors he had people to talk with warren buffett didn't become a bajillionaire because he just woke up one day and was like, ah, I figured it out. Like he had people, he had systems and things like that in place. And, you know, I, I'm not going to bring freaking Tom Brady into the conversation on another episode, but it's like football teams. Like <laughs> there's teams of people, like no yeah. one person wins championships. Like even in singular individual sports, like look at tennis or golf, like look at Tiger Woods, I'll mm-hmm. take it at a completely different path because I like Tiger Woods. but it's like tiger woods didn't win like tiger woods didn't become the greatest golfer of all time by just picking up a golf club and swinging it like he has a swing coach he has a nutrition coach he has a Mm -hmm. fitness coach his dad was coaching him like he has a team of people that are supporting him in being able to be tiger woods like tiger woods didn't become tiger woods just because he decided to swing a golf ball or swing a golf club really well like he learned how to do that with a team of people and i think that Mm -hmm. that's where you know, to bring it back is like that community is that community sometimes is your coaches, your teachers, things like that. But a lot of times it's, you know, other guys like you and I, like we, you know, became kind of friends over the mentorship of fitness Mm. pro mentors. And that's just like, that's a community of people that all are like-minded. And it's like, are we technically competing with each other? Maybe, but at the same time, like I would rather be in a community with a thousand other fitness coaches that have, I could be in a room with a thousand fitness coaches that also coach dads to lose weight. And I would never feel intimidated because I know that there are a billion dads in the world and I could learn something from one. If I learn one thing from one of the other people in that room, Mm -hmm. I am a better coach for it. And that I think is a big one is like, just because you're like, you have your own stuff going on. But the ability to have that community, somebody else might be going through the same thing that you're going through and you can create a bond or somebody else might have already gone through something and be able to help you with the same situation and like vice versa is like, you might be able to help somebody going through something because you can be like, Hey, I've gone through this. Like I was just texting a a former friend. He finally, like he just had his divorce finalized. He's a dad of four. Wow and became divorced and he always texted me he's like co-parenting sucks absolutely sucks but ultimately like i'm glad that like it's over with it's done with i've moved on i I, like my life is moving forward and we're like everything's good but then subsequently if i now know another dad of two three four kids who might be going through divorce and is like i'm struggling hard it's like Hey, let I know I know somebody who was in this exact same situation and went through it. Let me see if he would be willing to talk to you. And just making that connection to somebody that has been there and done it and being able to kind of create those connections that grows everybody. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, my philosophy is always like, you don't know everything. And somebody else probably knows something that you don't that you can learn from.
1: For sure. Well, and you know, it's it's so interesting. I think and maybe this is Maybe this is more specifically for men. Uh, I would say this probably more often in men. I, I try I'm very I, when I look at the world, I think I think it's important to recognize and take a look that there are differences, I believe, between men and women. Um, and like this t- statistically shown in psychology and and other social studies, wh- whether you want to acknowledge it or not, these things are there. And women do tend to be more nurturing and more social and be more community driven. Men tend to be more individual. I don't want to say isolationist, but to a degree, that's part of what being an individual is. And it becomes very hard, I think, especially as you become a father, to still maintain those communities. Because you do have to spend, don't get me wrong, like I, 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 I'm not a father per se with kids, but you said before, like I'm a you know, dog dad. You know, I, I moved from where I lived in Thornhill 30 minutes north to uh, where my wife and I moved in together. And I had left a a gym I I was working at where I was a part of that community, but I had a lot of friends there. And I would do jujitsu at that gym as well. So we had like an amazing gym. And then the other part of the gym that used to be a kind of like studio then became a martial arts place. And so I became, I got into martial arts and a good friend of mine named Sam, uh, we would do martial arts together with Child Time. And he was part of my community. And I would also, you know, at this juncture, be playing soccer a couple times a week with my buddies. I have that close friend group. Well, blow up my ACL, can't play soccer, move from this gym up north. So I'm not really as close to that friend group anymore. And I went through this, this real struggle of a period where I didn't have that, that even that small knit community of men that I would be around to help be my support. And then we all had this happen. COVID-19 happens. We had lockdowns. Toronto, Canada had the some of the longest lockdowns, like on aggregate, most of my we had something like 17 or 18 months of lockdown, some of the longest lockdowns in the world, and I went through probably one of like the saddest, um, almost most depressive times in my life, comparable to when I was getting bullied in high school because I was back to that isolationist, uh, I that I see yeah, that isolationist position that I was in back then, and I was like being pulled back. Right? How old was I? I might know. It's like 20 years, right? 15, 20 years back to high school again. And it was a big struggle. I, I didn't want to get out of bed some days. I didn't have the ability to go to work and earn money and income, which makes me feel alive and be a part of my gym community, see my clients. So I'm sitting around at home. And then you get in this place where you just get really, really sad and uh, and you feel like there is a lack. And then, you know, part of that is and you start questioning other decisions in your life, you start questioning your own self worth. And it becomes something that felt like a strong brick and mortar house now feels like a house of cards, despite a lot of those other intricate pieces, not really changing that much. And so when you say the sense of community thing, yeah, it's absolutely huge and imperative, like, especially as men, we need to have these communities that were a part of to feel supportive. And part of that is as well, we need to be able to not just lurk in those communities, but we need to be active in them. We need to share our experiences. We need to give and take. We can't just be a bystander on the sidelines. And like, don't get me wrong, you know, some days you're not gonna wanna say anything to anyone, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't want anyone to listen to, to feel like I'm making them wrong about that. But you will find that if you have a goal or objective or something that doesn't feel good in your body that you're trying to move past that by taking new actions. You will be more successful just by being a part of an active community. There's really no way to get around that. And it kind of comes back to the old adage that uh, you are the the culmination of the five people you spend the most time around. It's probably not necessarily wholly that accurate. Do you know what I mean? But successful people hang out with other successful people, right? Successful, right? And I don't know if we want to even define what that is, but other unsuccessful people hang with other unsuccessful people. And sometimes the hardest thing to do is to not be the crab in the bucket. Uh, You know, I'll end with this kind of little story or analogy here. I had a friend who I would go fishing with, I told you, in that pond and ravine by my house growing up, and he was a really good kid. Um, And I knew him from when I was five years old and he was four. And we were good friends up until the age of 22 or 23, and that was a really like a lifelong friendship at that point, right? You know, you don't really we don't really remember things before the age of four or five. We kind of our memories much served to remember things much later than that. But I would spend, you know, multiple times a week at this kid's house. We'd have like sleepovers, we'd step till one A. M. and when you're a kid, that's a big deal. And we do all this cool fun. We play video games, we'd do all this stuff, like it it was my going to see movie buddy, and you know how much I love movies. And then it got to this point where, you know, we were smoking weed like every weekend together and like weeknights. And I got to this point where I was getting I, you know, I wasn't going to the gym as much. I was eating more pizza, so I was gaining weight again. And and it got to this juncture where, you know, is this friendship serving me in the way that I want it to? Do I want to spend my Saturday nights smoking a bong at 7 p.m., ordering a pizza, playing video games till I'm numb, and then waking up the next day hating myself and feeling sad and full of regret? And so that was one of those relationships where, you know, I I didn't have the, maybe the social tools that I have today to recognize it, but I managed to maybe almost by a happenstance, start moving myself away from that relationship. And I found that I started replacing that with, you know, the people I would work out with or like my soccer buddies, I would see more. And my life took this, this big directional change. And, and this is what I would say to anyone who's, who's starting their fitness journey or is struggling and needs someone like Spencer in their corner, which is, if you have two ships and they're side by side and they're going straight, they're going to the same, diet, same place and they're gonna be meters apart. But you take one of those ships and you put a, just a degree in a different direction, hiring a coach, you know, 20 days from now, maybe they're not that far off, and they can still see each other a little bit. But you take that small degree change and you take that over years even, just that one degree over years, you're in a totally different location. It's the difference between hitting England and hitting Africa if you're traveling across the water. And this is why these small little choices and decisions that you make are so important. And it's why choosing who you surround yourself with is so important. And being active and making new decisions and new choices, even if you're failing over and over again, is so important. Because it's going to take you in a different direction. And even though the changes might not be overnight, five years from now, one year from now, six months from now, 50 years from now, you'll be so much happier and fulfilled because you started doing things different. And you didn't let insecurities, the people that you were hanging around with any negative influences control your life. You said, I'm going to be in charge and I'm going to take this ship in a different direction because I'm piloting. There's going to be rough winds some days and turbulence and that's going to put you off course a little bit. But that's why you put your, you write your own ship and you take responsibility and you put yourself in the right direction. And then you use your second mate, your coach, to help tell you, Captain, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. We got, it. and then you, you know, you then this beautiful thing happens where you move in a different direction, and it's fantastic. Even seeing you right now with the podcast makes me so happy because I think like I, I mean, I think this is something for you where it's gonna be like uh, game changing. And I don't know where it's gonna take you, what's gonna come out of it but I only see great things because I see all the different things that, that all the different growth that's happening to you by doing these different things. And it just makes me happy to be a part of that community with you. Just the community of Glenn and Spencer. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And like your ship analogy. Like I always look at it as um, like, I, I don't use the ship analogy, but I think I might steal that. Um, but uh, to you. I always, uh, it's the kind of the mindset of if you can be, one percent better every single day of the week that one percent will compound over time that you know like you said in in one year five years you look back and that's kind of how i always say is like if you like if you come to me and we work together and we work together for one year and at the very beginning you're like yeah, what? It, like, I yeah, okay. It's an investment, but like, I guess I'll do it. You know, it's everything sounds good. Like, I, you know, I, I th- I'm bought in. I think that is going to be able to help me in a year when we look back and say, okay, twelve months ago on February twenty fifth, twenty twenty three, Glenn and I had a conversation, and Glenn was, you know, Glenn finally signed up with with Gallo Fitness and was working with me as a as a client, but he was a little bit on the fence. He wasn't really sure where it was going to go but February 25th, 2024, looking back, you're going to laugh your ass off because you're going to be like, how the hell did I sit there a year ago and think that this wasn't going to work? Like, I laugh at the fact that I was 1% better every day or every week. And that compounded over 365 days, 52 weeks a year that you look back for one year and you're like, I was a completely different person. My physique was different. My mindset was different. My emotional availability was different. Like it is drastically different how much one year can make. If you sure. make that decision to your point with two ships, is you take that one degree turn off course to a different course, you're going to end up somewhere completely different than just maintaining status quo for 12 months, five years, whatever it is like maintaining that. And even with the setbacks is like, I literally had a visualization of this the other day when I was trying to think of like, you know, talking about setbacks and like how people deal with it is the concept of um, like a slingshot or a catapult Mm -hmm. where (laughs) to to kind of go like medieval on it is you take like a trebuchet and you take your goals and you stick your goals on the trebuchet. Like you have this giant boulder that is your goals, Mm -hmm. but that just sits there and it doesn't go anywhere where it goes is every single time that you have this setback, you run out of time, you ate a meal off plan, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, every single one of those things pulls that trebuchet further and further and further back. And eventually there comes a point where you pull the pin and it just launches your goals forward that it doesn't always have to be 1% forward. Sometimes that 1% becomes backward, but that 1% backward for maybe a week or a month ends up becoming like 20% forward because it just launches you to the moon with the ability. It's like that, you know, a catapult or trebuchet where it's like every setback is just setting you up to catapult you forward somehow.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, And it's interesting. I love that analogy because for me, that pulling of the pin is the, is the action that you got to take. And if I had to leave anyone with like any piece of advice I could, you know, fr- from this podcast, I think that might've been one of the questions, like, you know, what's the b- 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 biggest piece of advice you want to leave someone with or somebody that end would be, you got to take action. Th- th- and there's, there's no other way around it. Like things don't happen out of, out of thin air. Like there has to be some kind of action that you take and you have to continually take action. That's one of the things that we talk about when we coach, when we coach people with our clients or for the one-to-one personal training thing, which is, you got to take some action. You got to do. You got to be able to do some stuff, because it's not just going to magically happen. And and deciding not to take action is still an action, right? It's 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 in action, but it's still an action you're deliberately taking. And so, if you deliberately take action, you're you see you've got a goal that you set set in place, and you've got a system to achieve that goal, and you're just slowly tinkering with the system to make sure that. It works for you to figure out what's what's not working. What actions aren't serving you? Which ones are serving you? You're gonna move forward. And the the hardest thing for a lot of people is like, don't feel like it today. Gonna to go to the gym anyways. You know, I, I I want to eat three pieces of cake. Well, eat one piece of cake and that's it. But that's your action. Like that's all. and That's all you're gonna have. Right? You know know that you're you're starving and you're supposed to go to all you can eat buffet. I mean. Maybe you want to eat something before you go there. So you don't like shove food in your felt, but you got to take some actions in your life and nothing's going to happen unless you take actions. And it doesn't mean it's like always going to be easy to begin with, but you're trying to find that, I think sweet spot in that kind of like uncomfortable zone that's between comfort and panic that allows you to move forward. And then over time, your brain builds that neuroplasticity so that that action is not something you have to think about. You just do it. And the best, easiest example I can give is I got the Precision Nutrition coaching course. Are you familiar with Precision Nutrition? You ever heard, yep. you ever heard yeah, of that? Yeah, I'm going right?
0: through their uh, sleep stress management course right now.
1: Yeah, right. And so John Berardi, Canadian guy, Western University, put it together. I had the luxury of, of watching him lecture when Precision Nutrition was in its infancy, back when he was still uh, doing a lot of work as, as a professor at, at Western, which is university to two, uh, two hours away from where I live in London, Ontario. And, uh, I, I've got the program and, you know, it's really simple. It's like, it's built on psychology and they come up with, and there's just like rules and here's how we work the system. Very similar to, you know, why yours is successful. And one of the things was you're gonna start eating vegetables at every meal. And that was not something I was doing before, but now I'm in a place in my life where like, no matter what I'm eating, I've always got a stack container of cucumbers and like multicolored carrots ready to go. So I've always going to have vegetables at some kind of meal. And I don't even think about it. I got a mm-hmm. protein source and I got vegetables and I just do it. And if there's no, if those things aren't there, I don't, I'm just not going to eat like regardless. And like it's served me well because when you eat vegetables and protein before you eat anything else, you are more full and then you tend not to eat other stuff. And so I'll, I'll digress and leave it here, which is you got to take actions And when you take those actions often enough, your brain will change and those actions just become who you are. And instead of having to think about them being deliberate, they are now automatic. And that frees you up to take more new deliberate actions that are going to help you be more successful, but you got to take action.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's literally like the first pillar of my program is commitment. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you, if you were willing to commit, we can get you wherever you want to go. But if you don't, like it's you know it's like if you don't take that first step you're never gonna get there like you know the what is it the you have to walk before you can run type of thing Mm. it's like well you got to take a step before you can walk too and it's like you know taking that first step that committing to taking an action is like the the number one first thing that gets you there obviously like You know, I could go into like the studies that show like the difference between just saying you're going to do something and like all the steps and like how the the percentages go up of your likelihood to succeed. But even just saying like, I have a goal, I commit to make it, I commit to that goal. Like you have like a 50% chance of completing that goal. Oh, yeah. And and then there's obviously like steps of like further commitments that you can make that, you know, boost that all the way to like 95% success rates.
1: I'm I'm right dude, I'm right on board with you, man. I got even, I nothing to add. That was well well said, well put.
0: Cool, man. So I'm gonna kind of pivot a little bit. Sure. I gotta ask you if you had to create a top three list
1: mm-hmm. of
0: what is on your bucket list,
1: what mm-hmm. would they be? It was interesting because people ask me this question all the time, and I struggle to answer it. And I, 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 I we couldn't really ever figure out why until recently. And so. I, I don't know if I can necessarily come up with the top three. And I say that because I think there's something, being a human being is weird. And that this juxtaposition between like having these goals and objectives, which is kind of like a bucket list. Like I want to go to XYZ place one day, something that might be on a bucket list, but it's also a goal that you have to plot out. You know, how am I going to pay for the trip? How am I going to schedule it in there? How am I going to manage it? Like, Who's going to take care of the dog? Like, All that kind of stuff comes up, right? Uh, but for me, I've never really been one to have a bucket list or places I want to go or things I want to see. And I think it's because there's something in the beauty of, of just enjoying life in the present moment, day in and day out. Um, I, I always remember this movie called The, the Happy Movie. It's a documentary that came out sometime in the 2000s. And I highly recommend everyone watch it. But they take a look at all of these different people and a whole bunch of different circumstances and what makes them happy there was a woman who got run over by a car and she was dragged 50 feet and her face was disfigured, but she's very, very happy. The movie opens with an Indian man whose job is to pull a cart in India, like a taxi, and his house is not even like a full house. It's more of like a shanty or a shed where it's covered half. Him and his family all spend space in one room, but he's very, very happy. There's another guy who just lives in a, his own little beach house. He has two kids. that are off in university. He just surfs every day doesn't make a lot of money, doesn't eat a ton, doesn't, but he's very, very happy. And this idea of bucket list stuff to me never really resonated because for me, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm in a place now where, you know, as we spoke about a little bit earlier, I've done a lot of the work to work on some of the stuff that made me really uncomfortable in my body before and my fears and, and my discomforts. I'm not superhuman by any means where I don't have any of these things anymore. But I think for me, I find the most pleasure in the small things in life like getting up in the morning and going to where my dog sleeps because she's a little, she's a little bougie, she has her own little small little room. And like waking up and being able just to pet her in the morning for five minutes before going on a walk is something that brings me a lot of joy. Things that don't bring me a lot of joy are, you know, going on big long trips or like jumping out of an airplane. Like none of that stuff are memories I remember. The things I remember most are the small little things like what it's like to be on the couch with my wife and my dog at the end of a long day, you know, talking, watching a movie and just petting her. And like that image is so seared in my brain. I don't have strong images of things that made me really happy that were these big, expensive things that are all on like maybe typical bucket list stuff. And maybe I just have a misinterpretation of what that is. But for me, I think that most people are going to find the biggest joy in life by working on themselves every day, by going through those struggles and be able to look back and be like, I did that and I moved past it. And so I'll be honest with you. I don't have a bucket list. And it's funny because when I read that question, I'm like, if you ask that, I don't know I'm going to tell him. But so for so, me, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so tell I, th- me. I think
0: um, hearing you talk about it, I think that it actually, it reframes the concept of a bucket list. And I, mm. I I I do think that there's like a little bit of almost a beauty to the way that you've put it where it's a bucket list isn't things. Which is mm. like tr- traditionally like to your point like oh like I you know like we're looking at going to Bali for our honeymoon. It's like well that could yeah. be considered a bucket list of going to Bali. It's like yeah. Yeah yeah, but I at the same time like you know to your point like our dog is also bougie but her dumbass ass sleeps in between the two of us in the middle of the night so there's no such thing as cuddling in our bed. It's your, <laughs> your spooning the dog. <laughs> nice. But it's the same thing. It's like waking up you know does it suck sometimes waking up at 4 15 to take her outside yeah but yeah. at the same time like waking up and having your dog yawn in your face like there's there's a level of like comfort and happiness and you know at the end of the night just like sitting on the couch having a drink watching a movie with the dog in between the two of you like that's like almost Zen where it's it like that's just like you're very you're you're in your space you're alone and, and your happiness and I think that that to to kind of bring it back is like that's where i think that your almost interpretation of a bucket list is is that kind of beautiful mindset of it's not about things and spaces and and stuff but about like your bucket list is kind of just like the ability to just be happy and yes. having that you know just sitting on the couch like Bucket list item. Like, my bucket list for today is I want to sit down on the couch with my wife and dog and watch a movie tonight. Like, mm-hmm. that's my bucket list for the day.
1: Yeah. And I think that's where, like, being a fit father is so important because I, I think, I mean, so like, my one to one personal training business is more helping people with pain and discomfort get back quality of life so they can do the things that make them happy, like go for walks so they can travel if they want to, so that they can do more of the stuff that they miss doing. And I think you are when you coach people, you do the same thing with like their nutrition, their exercise, where you're helping them become more fit and more healthy and more like 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 virile and more energized, so they can go out and enjoy life more. You know, I I came I, I came across this post one day on Reddit, uh, and it was someone posted that I, and I saved it on my computer. It used to be my desktop image, which was like the top five regrets of the living. And none of it's like, I wish I traveled more, or anything like that. Like the number one thing is, I wish I lived my life by my own terms and other, pe- and other pieces. The second one was, I wish I worked less and spent more time with family and friends. And this just kind of goes to show that when you're on your deathbed and you are in those months and weeks and days up to when you're going to pass away, which, and this is where I get kind of welled up and, and, and I, I can feel like my hair standing on and, I don't want to be one of those guys who doesn't spend time with their family, and doesn't get to enjoy them because, you know, I had to do the work that I needed to do to be present with them in day to day life. And so, for me, excuse me. And so, for me, the idea of a bucket list sometimes is almost—it's um, seeking things outside of yourself that are going to make you happy, when really happiness is already inside of you. It's your state of mind. And it's a matter of doing the small things that allow you to access more of that, which is why I love going to the gym and exercising and eating the right foods because that allows me to be more happy, have a better state of mind, enjoy my health, have a body that allows me to spend time with my family, allows me to have the energy to be not exhausted at the end of a long day. I'll do all those things so that when I am on my deathbed, knock on wood, 40 or 50 years from now, I don't have all these regrets so that I can look back and peacefully go rather than be those people that go and are unhappy at the end of their life. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And I think Excuse it's, me. um, you know, I, I genuinely, I appreciate you sharing that and, um, you know, I, I apologize that I made you tear up on that one, but I
1: know I, I, I expected I it. to work. okay.
0: Um, I, I do, I think that that makes a lot of sense and it's, you know, being able to, you know, to, to bring it back to the bucket list concept is like the it realistically like your bucket list is to just make sure that at the end of the day, like when you take your last breath, that you did it on your terms mm-hmm. and you left the world in a better place. And yeah. I think that um, I know a, a couple episodes ago I was talking with Robert McVie and he had made a similar comment of that almost like he views success as um what like how did you leave the world behind Mm. and it's not like people aren't going to remember you and who you are they're going to remember the impact that you made on the world and like being able to leave that positive impact behind and having that kind of ability to have that be that that kind of bucket list is like my bucket list might be you know, just simply like, I want to leave the world in a better place. Like, that's why I got into coaching. Like I, I want to leave a lasting impact on the world and mm-hmm. the fitness and, and guys to be able to, you know, sit there and have a guy not like sit in there right now saying, ah, oh, you know, I got, you know, this thing, and that thing, and the other thing. And like, I'm probably going to be dead in 20 years. It's like, okay, cool. Let's, let's make that 40. Like yeah. that's like getting somebody more time you know, you said it like the regret is, you know, family mm-hmm. and all of that is being able to have more time and like understanding that time is one of our most valuable assets and how can I best spend that time to leave behind something that isn't just, you know, my name and a headstone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and maybe we'll, and maybe we'll, as I know both have other appointments coming up. So maybe I'll leave you on this thought about what success is. I think for me, if I can go to bed every night and say it was a good day and sleep soundly, I think that is how I know I'm being successful because I don't think, I I think this is deep human, deep human, um, experience that we all go through which is if we're a contribution to the world in a way that we see it be as positive and we go through the day taking action and we're, we're tired at the end of the day because we took action and we feel like we made the world a better place and we feel good about our day i mean obviously that goes into like what you eat how you move the contributions actions that you took but if you can go to bed you know most every day of your life saying it was a good day today i think that's how you know you're successful and that has nothing to do with how much, how much, or how little money you made, or how big your house is, or anything like that. It's really just, I think, a feeling of knowing that you did everything you could to make it a good day, and you contributed, and that's what made it. That's what made it successful.
0: Yeah, I I love that, and I think that that's to your point. I think that's a great way to kind of end our conversation.
1: Awesome, man. I mean, this was a really a lot of fun, man. Like we just went for like almost an hour and a half here nonstop. I had a blast today. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast.
0: Yeah, man. Thank you so much. This was a great conversation. I think we definitely had uh, obviously a very deep, uh, but really, really awesome conversation. Um, kind of getting to, I, I know for me personally, getting to know you a little bit better, but, um, you know, you were very gracious in sharing your life and experiences with everybody. Uh, and yeah, all the and listeners, so I appreciate that.
1: You too. Um, and, wait, and may I just say before, before you go, thank you for being the kind of person where you you make people feel comfortable and and non-judgmental and you give them the ability to open up. And I think that is an amazing quality to have because in a world where people are already often on edge about the way people will think about them and the way people make them feel, it helps to have somebody in your corner when you speak to them who isn't going to judge you for how you feel. And so uh, if you ever decide to go into being a psychologist or something like that, I think you'd be amazing at it.
0: (laughs) I appreciate that. You're welcome. I I know we both do have other appointments, but I do want to give you the floor for a minute if you want to talk about Strata FPM uh, or, or anything else to kind of plug your own stuff.
1: Well, yeah, I feel mean, feel free to
0: plug your YouTube channel if you want to get that back.
1: No, <laughs> I, why, I do, trust me, I do not. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't have anything necessarily I, I want to plug or anything like that. I, I guess I'll just plug living a good life. So I would encourage everyone just to do whatever they feel like they need to on a day to day basis to feel like they had a great, amazing, successful day. And go to bed peaceful and happy, whether that means making amends in a relationship or spending time with loved ones or if they're not working and not taking care of their responsibilities, take care of them more so they feel they take something off the list that makes them feel good, whether it's eating more healthier food or exercising or whatever it is, just do – my plug is doing whatever you need to do to go to bed feeling you're successful and happy for the day. That's my plug.
0: Awesome. I love that. So again, thank you, man. Uh, Thank you for your time sharing. Thank you to all the guys in the audience for joining us on another amazing episode of the Fit Father podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this episode so that we can get the message out to all the dads in the world. To wrap things up, I am Spencer Gallo of Gallo Fitness. Thank you all for listening to the Fit Father podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Take care, everyone.